Rama for Today Radio. Now then, uh, you know, it's amazing how that some folks uh, try to get around the Bible, you know. I was reading after a fellow here a while back. Oh, he's one of these fellows, and we're not against education. Thank God we believe in education. And this fellow, great preacher, you know, had all kinds of initials on the end of his name, X, Y, Z, P, H, D, and so on. We're not opposed to that. That's all right, but uh, he was trying to do away with the miracles of the Bible. And so he was explaining this miracle here about this boy, you know, about Jesus taking that uh, loaf, you know, of bread, and feeding, you know, with the fish, you know, feeding this 5,000. He said, well, you see, the loaves of bread in those days was bigger than it was now. But if the poor fellow had read, he'd notice that it was a little boy's lunch. I'd hardly think that that little boy could have carried enough out there to fed 5,000 that he was going to eat all of it himself for lunch. Welcome to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, The Power Gifts of the Spirit, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Water turned into wine by the process of nature is a natural miracle. But water turned into wine just by speaking a word. As Jesus said, fill the pots with water and take them to the governor of the feast. And when they got there, they were wine. Well, that, my friends, is the meaning of the spiritual gift that we're considering, the working of miracles. A miracle is therefore a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature, a temporary suspension of the accustomed order, an interruption of the system of nature as we know it, operated by the force of the Spirit. That's what working of miracles is. Now, here are some scriptural uses in the Bible, and you'll find this out. That working of miracles was more prominent or more in operation in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. And you'll find this out, that though people were healed and gifts of healing was operating in the Old Testament, yet gifts of healings are more in operation in the New Testament than they were in the Old Testament. I mean, as far as any record we have of, and that's what we have to go by, is it? Now, for instance, this working of miracles was used as miraculous deliverance of God's people. You see, there in Egypt, these miracles, by the working of miracles, God convinced, you see, Pharaoh finally to let Israel go. There were a number of miracles wrought there. There was a series of miracles wrought. For instance, when Aaron threw down his rod and it was turned into a serpent, that was a working of a miracle. And, and when they turned the very dust into insects, and all of those, you know about them. But then when Israel came out of Egypt, and when they came up to the Red Sea, and the enemy, Pharaoh and his host, essayed to overtake them and take them captive and make them prisoners again or slaves again. And there they were with the wilderness on one side and the mountains on the other and the enemy behind them and the sea before them. And, of course, you've always got those folks, bless their hearts, we've got them among the people of God in every church. Those are out on the fringe. And so they always begin to say, well, it'd been better for us to stay in Egypt. 
because we're going to die anyhow. We're not going to make it. They began to complain, but Moses looked to the Lord, and the Lord said, what's that in your hand? He said, it's a rod. Well, he said, just stretch it forth, and Moses stretched his rod forth, and the sea was divided. Praise God, that was a miracle, wasn't it? That was a working of a miracle. That was a divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. It just divided. But now, wait a minute. You know, actually, you've got two gifts of the Spirit in operation here. The working of miracles divided the sea, but what kept it divided? It took the gift of faith to do that. That was a continuing miracle, you see. And they just walked over, bless God, dry shod to the other side. The enemy essayed to do so, and you know the story. The waters came together upon them. They were drowned in the depth of the sea. And then, of course, again, we see other scriptural uses of the working of miracles was to provide for those in want. Now, you see that in the Old Testament. That was a working of miracles when that oil bottle down there didn't fail. But I'll tell you, that little old bottle of oil kept flowing out like a fountain of oil until they filled up every vessel they had. They borrowed all the neighbor's vessels and filled them full of oil and it's still flowing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't that right? And we see this manifestation. We're just referring to one occasionally, see. But yet over in the New Testament, you see the work in the miracles when Jesus took the little boy's lunch and fed 5,000. Yes, sir. He worked a miracle. That was the working of miracles. Now then, uh, you know, it's amazing how that some folks uh, try to get around the Bible, you know. I was reading after a fellow here a while back. Oh, he's one of these fellows, and we're not against education. Thank God we believe in education. And this fellow, great preacher, you know, had all kinds of initials on the end of his name, X, Y, Z, Ph.D., and so on. We're not opposed to that. That's all right, but... Uh, he was trying to do away with the miracles of the Bible. And so he was explaining this miracle here about this boy, you know, about Jesus taking that uh, loaf, you know, of bread and feeding, you know, with the fish, you know, feeding this 5,000. He said, well, you see the loaves of bread in those days was bigger than it was now. But if the poor fellow had read, he'd notice that it was a little boy's lunch. I'd hardly think that that little boy could have carried enough out there to fed 5,000 that he was going to eat all of it himself for lunch. But that was his explanation. The loaves were big, you know. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. No, sir, this was a working of a miracle to feed that group with just a little boy's lunch. And then you know what was amazing about it? When they got through, they gathered up 12 baskets full. I'll tell you, it did multiply, didn't it? And then, of course, you see that this working of miracles is used to carry out divine judgment. You saw that in the Old Testament. And then you see that also, uh, as far as divine judgment and discipline, you saw that, you know, in Egypt down there. But you also notice that in, uh, in the Acts of the Apostles. Now, now, you see, as in the case of Ananias and Sapphira, because you see here is, is an intervention into the ordinary course of nature. First of all, it was revealed to Peter through the word of knowledge. He had a knowledge of this fact. He didn't see any spirit, the devil's mind. He said, Satan filled your heart. But this didn't have to do with spirit. This has to do with a fact of knowledge. They had sold their land for so much. And everybody was selling, you know, there in the fifth chapter of Acts, everybody was selling their land and, and bringing it in. The early church there was having every, all things common. God didn't tell them to do it. They evidently must have had some urge of the Spirit to do it, and it was wise that they do that for the simple reason that you can see just in a little while, just in a few years, it was the city was overrun, and they would have lost everything they had anyhow. 
And so they'd sold their possessions and everybody had, and everybody was doing it and bringing it and laying it to the apostles' feet, and they were all having everything common uh, in eating and all. And so Ananias and Sapphira, so they had a possession and they sold their possession, but they kept back part of it. Now, you know, it would have been perfectly all right for them to come and say, this is half of it. God didn't tell them to do it. There's no, nothing in the scripture at all there that would even infer, lead you to believe that God told them to do it. And they would have been perfectly honest. They said, here's half of it. We're going to put half of it in here. But, you know, they sort of, you can see unbelief here too. In case this thing don't go, we want to have a little something to fall back on here. <laughs> and so they kept back part of the price of the land. And Ananias came in and he put this money at the apostles' feet. In other words, seemingly, making the same consecration and dedication that others had made. And Peter asked him, he said, is that the price of the land? Yeah, he said, that's it. That's the total price. That's what we got out of it. But he's telling a lie about it. They'd kept back part of it. Now, Peter, you see, that was revealed to him. That was actually a word of knowledge, not discerning the spirit, but a word of knowledge in operation. Because he knew these facts that they'd sold the land. He knew how much they'd sold it for. He knew how much they were keeping back for that concern. He said, why has Satan filled thine heart to light of the Holy Ghost? And then, you see, uh, 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 this man fell down dead. Divine judgment, or discipline, the working of miracles in operation. And, and, and the young men carried him out. Well, you know, they didn't even dismiss for his funeral. No, they didn't. And they didn't anybody even go tell his wife that he died. She didn't know he died. They was burying him, and she didn't even know they was burying him. The Bible said, you can read it for yourself right there in that fifth chapter. said, in the space of three hours that Sister Sapphira came in. She hadn't heard a word about it. Well, that's sure good. It didn't happen nowadays, ain't it? <laughs> that didn't happen nowadays. Half the church had been over there at her house. <laughs> Said, you know what that old mean preacher, Brother Peter, did? <laughs> yes, sir, that's what he did. <laughs> yes, sir, we just won't go there to church anymore. We'll go across town and build us another one. <laughs> but I'll tell you where God's moving, folks don't want to leave. They didn't anybody, they wasn't even one woman run told Sister Sapphire about her husband. You know, you talk about miracles, that's a miracle. That's not, that's, that's not the working of miracles. That's not the working of miracles, but it's a miracle, isn't it? Isn't it? That's a miracle in itself. Not one woman left that service and run to tell Sister Sapphire uh, about what had happened. And three hours later, they're still in the same service. I don't know how long they'd been running when, 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 he, when Ananias got there. But three hours later, they were in the, still in the same service. Well, we better be careful claiming we're Pentecostal and believe in doing things Pentecostal style. Amen. We, we can't get by on these little old 30-minute services Amen. or hour-and-a-half services. Amen. Told you one time, you know, I was holding a meeting down in East Texas and the pastor's preaching on Sunday morning. I was sitting up on the platform and he was preaching about this woman or about from this, about Ananias and Sapphira, and I guess he hadn't read it too closely, because he said, you know, in about 30 minutes, and I said, oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't want to leave that there, see. <laughs> no, sir, wait a minute, brother. I said, read that again. Not 30 minutes, three hours afterwards, Sister Sapphira came in, so he looked at it and read it again. He said, it does say that, don't it? Well, he sort of shook his head. He said, I guess maybe I got it tangled up with our service. He said, if she'd been over 30 minutes after, there wouldn't have been anybody there. <laughs> if you know about the most of the time, I'm afraid that's so. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life. So visit us today 
at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's special offer. This package consists of the mini-book by Kenneth E. Hagan entitled, Learning How to Flow with the Holy Spirit of God. The next resource in this package is Kenneth E. Hagan's four-CD series entitled, Spiritual Gifts, The Power Gifts of the Spirit. This is the second volume of a three-volume set. Last but not least is Ken Hagan's mini-book entitled, The Key to the Supernatural. These great resources are at the special price of $19.95. That's $11.95 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Hey, I want to thank all of you that help us to keep this program going. We call you Word Partner Club members. And you say, well, what is a Word Partner? Well, that's somebody that prays for us regularly and somebody that sends in an offer at least one time a month to help yes. support Raymond. Somebody says, well, I can't give very much. Hey, it's not the amount. If everybody does what they can when it gets here, we are able to put that's this program right. all over the world. In that's fact, right. as we travel all over yes. the world... People come up to us and tell us that they watch the the program, and you're a part of that. You may never travel anywhere out of the U.S., but somebody's going to come up to you and say, Thank you, because of you, I'm in heaven today. That's That's what's going to happen. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Brother Hagen's life-changing teaching on the power gifts of the Spirit. That's next time on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. Thank you.